Let's pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we pray that you would open our eyes to see you more clearly. Open our ears that we would hear that word that you have for us today. Open our hearts that we would be challenged and convicted and that we would know you better. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So our passage this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, and it's a continuation from where we were last week with the Beatitudes, and we're looking at verses 13 through 20. Let's hear now the word of the Lord. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I saw a Peanuts cartoon this week that showed Peppermint Patty and Charlie Brown. And she said to him, she said, guess what, Chuck? The first day of school, I got sent to the principal's office. It was all your fault, Chuck. He said, my fault? How could it be my fault? Why do you say everything is my fault? Peppermint Patty said, well, you're my friend, aren't you, Chuck? You should have been a better influence on me. Now, Peppermint Patty was obviously trying to pass the buck here, but she made a very good point. We should be a good influence on our friends. This cartoon got me to thinking about how we influence people around us. Sometimes we intentionally try to influence people, like when we're raising our children, we try to teach them right from wrong, and we try to instill strong values in them. We influence other people in our households and our co-workers. We expect to have influence in those situations. But what we don't think about is how often we influence people when we don't know that we are. When you think about it, you will realize that you have an influence on every single person with whom you come in contact. Sometimes our influence is positive and sometimes it's negative. But in our passage today, Jesus tells us what our influence should be like. He says that we should be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now, before we break that down, let me give you some context. This is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and it comes just after last week's passage on the Beatitudes, and it comes just before the ethical part of Jesus' teaching. At the time, there was a heated political and religious debate going on. 
Israel was trying to figure out how to be faithful to their Jewish heritage while living under Roman rule. When they returned from the Babylonian exile, they may have returned home in a geographical sense, but it wasn't the home that they knew and loved. Everything was different, but they were trying to live the way they did before, and it just wasn't working. There was tension and conflict, so they were trying to figure out how to remain faithful to the Torah, the law, how to remain faithful to God while being ruled by a non-Jewish government. Now, we need to pay close attention here because when you think about it, we find ourselves in the same sort of situation, don't we? We live in a country that used to be governed based on Christian principles, but that is no longer the case. So we have to figure out how to be Christian, how to obey the word of the Lord while living in a country that no longer values the same principles. That is indeed a challenge. Today we live within a political system that is breaking down. When one side doesn't get its way, it tries to destroy the other. When the other side has its back to to the wall, they start acting in childish ways and name-calling. It's no different than it was in Jesus' day. In response to the tumultuous times, the zealots, they wanted to draw their sword and go to battle. Now, the Pharisees were divided among themselves. Some of them wanted to join the zealots by going to battle, but the rest of them just wanted to mind their own business and follow the law and the privacy of their own homes. They wanted to lay low and not cause any problems. They knew that they didn't have any chance of obtaining political independence, so they opted to try to preserve their cultural and religious identity as people called and set apart by God but they tried to do it without stirring the pot. But what was happening was that they were forgetting what it meant to be the people of God. So as they're trying to figure all of this out, Jesus preached this sermon. And New Testament scholar N.T. Wright said this about the sermon. He said that it was a challenge to Israel to be Israel. Be the people of God that they knew they were called to be. For so long, they had been waiting for the kingdom of God to come, but Jesus was telling them that the kingdom of God was here. This was the good news of the kingdom. He was the good news of the kingdom. God was already working in their midst and doing this new thing through Jesus. So they needed to quit living in the past and quit trying to preserve their identity and live into it. So it is in this context that Jesus tells his hearers that they are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So here are three ways that you can be salt and light. We'll start with salt. First of all, salt is a preservative. Back in biblical times, they didn't have a refrigeration system or any other means to keep food cold, so they used salt as a preservative. It was rubbed on meat and fish to slow down the decay process. So a preservative keeps things from going bad. It preserves the corruption. Now, for Christians to be the salt of the earth in this way, we are to keep the world around us from going bad. We are to be a positive influence on the people around us. 
Now, we all know that when we spend time with certain people, it's easy to behave, right? They have a a good influence on us, and, and we do the right things when we're around certain people. They bring out the best in us. On the other hand, there are people in whose company it's much easier for us to lower our standards of behavior, people who don't exactly bring out the best in us. As Christians, we are supposed to be the ones who bring out the best in others. Christians should be the ones who, by their very presence, make it easier for others to behave. Second, salt is a seasoning that adds flavor to food. In the same way, Christians should add flavor to life. One commentator said, Christianity is to life what salt is to food. But it's tragic that people have the exact opposite idea of what Christianity is. Too many people believe that being a Christian takes the flavor out of life. They think that if you're a Christian, that you're not allowed to have any fun. I read two quotes this week that got my attention. One was from the American judge, Oliver Wendell Holmes, who said, I might have entered ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers. Robert Louis Stevenson once wrote in his diary as if recording some extraordinary phenomenon. He said, I have been to church today and I am not depressed. Unfortunately, people still have those same ideas about church and about Christianity. But we are called to change that by being joyful and excited about what Jesus has done for us and continues to do for us each and every day. Thirdly, salt was also used in small quantities as a fertilizer when it was applied to certain types of soil. So just as a fertilizer helps plants to grow and stay strong, Christians should have that same impact on the world. Our very lives should be an example to others. We should live in such a way that people want what we have. Our influence on others should be such that people are encouraged to be the best version of themselves just by being around us. So after talking about salt, Jesus then goes on to talk about being the light of the world. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says that he is the light of the world. He commands us to be what he himself claimed to be. So here are three meanings associated with being the light of the world. First of all, a light is to be seen. First and foremost, a light is to shine. The Palestinian households were very dark, so they used lamps, which if you look on the front of your bulletin, that's what those lamps looked like. They were like little boats filled with oil, and they had a wick in it that was lit. So they put the lamp, but if you put that lamp on the floor, it wouldn't light the household, right? If you put the light under a bowl, it would go out. If you put that lamp higher on a stand, it will light the whole room. So in the same way, our faith isn't something that should be hidden or done in secret. The way we live our lives as followers of Christ should be visible to everyone and not just those inside the church. Jesus did not say that you should be the light of the church. He said you should be the light of the world. So our faith needs to be visible outside these walls as well as inside. It should be visible in our everyday activities. Our faith should be noticeable in the way that we treat a waitress at a restaurant or a a clerk in the grocery store or the way we deal with our coworkers. 
Our faith should be visible in, the, in our language, in the way we play a game, or in the way we watch a game. And our choices for entertainment should also be a demonstration of our faith. A lot of people are snickering at that one. Next, a light should act as a guide to make the way clear. At night, we have street lights. We have headlights on our cars to guide us where we are going. So we, too, should make the way clear for others. Sometimes, some, some, something that we definitely need in our world today is people who are willing to help guide others on the path of goodness. There are a lot of people in the world who do not have a moral compass. So we need to be the light that makes the way clear for them. Lastly, a light serves as a warning to tell us to stop whenever there's danger ahead. There are times when we need to be that warning light for someone who is walking in dangerous territory. Now keep in mind, though, this is not licensed to go around pointing out everyone else's faults and mistakes. We are not called to be this land, random light, warning light that goes off every time someone makes a bad choice. We are called to be gentle and loving in our guidance as a others. That's why we have accountability groups here. The people in those groups serve as a warning light to one another because we are part of each other's lives and we know each other and we care about each other. So those warnings have to come from a spirit of love. So this is how Jesus is telling the Israelites to live in their present surroundings under the current conditions. And this is how Jesus is telling us to live our lives. The Israelites just, they couldn't keep living in the past, just sitting around waiting for things to change and to go back the way they were. Friends, neither can we. Times, they are a changing. And Jesus is challenging us as individuals and as the church to stay relevant in our time by being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So here are some ways that you can do that this week. Do some of them, do all of them, do one of them. Every time you see a salt shaker, think about how you are supposed to be the light of the world by being a preservative, by being an influence on other people around you. Remember that you're supposed to add flavor to life. Be joyful about what Jesus has done and is doing for you. Be intentional this week about helping someone else grow in their faith. Every time you turn a light on or off this week, remember to be the light of the world by being seen. Don't cover up your faith. Let it shine. Tell someone else about your faith this week. Be a guiding light this week. Be a strong role model for someone else. Or take a stand for something that is right. Stand on the truth of the gospel no matter what. So Jesus is challenging us as Christians to go out there and be the Christians that he is calling us to be. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we hear your message this morning and we want to be the salt and light. We want to influence people in our lives. Help us this week to impact the world around us by living into our call as Christians and as your disciples. Give us courage and strength to be bold witnesses. We pray in your holy name and all God's people say, amen.